Good evening, and welcome to the Dreary Midnight Podcast, and welcome to the first episode of 2023. We are kicking off the new year with a second entry into the Hydra Kids from Your Wife series. This time we're talking about Hera. As a trigger warning up talk, we are talking about uh, sexual assault today. It does feature prominently in a lot of Hera myths, and so be aware of that. A lot of Greek myth is contingent on Zeus not keeping his metaphorical underwear on. So if that's not something that you want to hear about or allusions to, go ahead and skip this episode. We'll see y'all in the next one. So with that, my name is Lisa. My pronouns are she, they. Let's get into it. First off, a note about the time periods. Ancient Greece was divided up into three main time periods, the Archaic, the Classical, and the Hellenistic. The Archaic time period was 750 to 480 BCE, the Classical was 480 to 320-ish BCE, and the Hellenistic was 320-ish to around 30 BCE. That's more than 700 years of cultural and political changes, and that's not counting the parts of Roman myth that have been conflated with Greek myth. Many of the foundation of Roman myths are often just Greek myths with new names and slight tweaks, especially when it comes to the major pantheon. Jupiter, Juno, and the rest of the main Roman pantheon are directly allegorical to Zeus, Hera, and the rest of the Olympians. There are differences, especially as time goes on, but that means there is a lot of chance for conflation in stories and characterization. And also, 750 BCE is just when things started getting written down. The Iliad and the Odyssey are credited as being written down in the 700s BCE, but they were part of oral traditions for centuries before that, just as an example. And there are a number of sections in both of those poems where there are regional dialects baked in. All of that to say, there's a few different takes on Hera that are just part of the natural evolution of time and culture. So, who was Hera? She was the wife slash sister of Zeus, and both were children of the Titans Cronus and Rhea. Cronus was time, Rhea was female fertility, motherhood, and generation. In general, Hera was worshipped in a few different capacities, either as a consort of Zeus and the queen of Olympus, or as the goddess of marriage and of the life of women. According to Britannica, quote, the second sphere naturally made her the protectress of women in childbirth, and she bore the title of Aletheia the birth goddess, at Argos and Athens. At Argos and Samos, however, Hera was even more than queen of heaven and marriage goddess. She was the patron of those cities, which gave her a position corresponding to that of Athena at Athens. End quote. Some sources say that Aletheia was Hera's child. Others use Aletheia as an epithet for Hera. An adjective. Britannica also says that Hera's sacred animal was the cow, her sacred bird was initially the cuckoo and later the peacock, and she was represented, quote, as a majestic and severe, though youthful, matron, end quote. If Aletheia was Hera's child, she was also considered Zeus's, and Hera definitely had 
at least three kids, with Aletheia being the possible fourth. Their three confirmed kids are Ares, the god of war, Hebe, the goddess of youth and cupbearer to the gods, and Hephaestus, god of fire and crafts. Ares, Hebe, and Aletheia, when she's Hera's child, were often considered Zeus's children. Hephaestus was considered Zeus's child sometimes, and other times not. Hera did not cheat on Zeus. In the stories where Hephaestus was not a child of Zeus, he was a child of Parthenogenesis, which is uh, literally translated as virgin birth. Hera and Zeus were married, but monogamy tended to be more important for women than it was for men, at least from what I saw. Zeus cheated a lot. Again, a ton of Greek myth would have turned out differently if Zeus could keep his metaphorical underwear on. Rules about monogamy are all obviously different based on geography and culture and time period, but the overarching theme for Hera and Zeus seems to be that monogamy was mandatory for women and optional for men. The amount of vengeance Hera is seeking can vary. There are a bunch of stories about how Zeus's kids should be hidden from Hera, especially the products of his affairs. But we'll get into that in a little bit. The first round of Hydra kids is Hephaestus. Again, sometimes it's said that Hera gave birth to Hephaestus through Parthenogenesis as revenge for Zeus sleeping with Metis and producing Athena. Athena literally sprang forth from Zeus's mind and Hera said, I can do that too. Parthenogenesis, again, literally means virgin birth. So he was created like Jesus without any secondary contribution. Actually, not like Jesus. Anyway, Hephaestus is always depicted as having some sort of physical disability, usually to do with his legs. There are two main stories for how he got the injury. The first story is that he was born with a leg condition, and Hera did not like that, so she literally threw an infant off of Mount Olympus. I don't know how common it was to actively harm children with visible disabilities, but leaving a child to die of exposure did unfortunately happen. Exposure is when the child is left out to the elements to die, while the parent's spiritual record, at least regarding death, remains clean. Technically, the parents did not kill the child, the elements and the lack of food killed the child. Not every child could grow up to craft objects for the gods, and sometimes it was done to avoid fate. If you're at all familiar with the play Oedipus, Oedipus was also left out for exposure to avoid the potential prophecy of, well, his whole parental situation. Because, well, you can't have that parental situation if the child is dead. But of course, that didn't work. You cannot escape fate. An alternate story about Hephaestus' birth and injury is that when Hephaestus was more grown, he was almost in physical altercation with Hera and Zeus, and Zeus threw him off Olympus. Hephaestus fell for a full day and landed on the island of Lemnos, and... Well, the impact is where he acquired the leg injury, but also where his cult was. So a lot of worshippers were on the island of Lemnos. There's an archaic story of Dionysus and Hephaestus, where Hephaestus tries to get back at Hera. Pausanias, a traveler in Greece during the 2nd century CE, described one temple to Dionysus thus, quote, There are paintings here, Dionysus bringing Hephaestus up to heaven. One of the Greek legends is that Hephaestus, when he was born, was thrown down by Hera. 
In revenge, he sent as a gift a golden chair with invisible fetters. When Hera sat down, she was held fast, and Hephaestus refused to listen to any of the gods except Dionysus. In him, he reposed the fullest trust. And after making him drunk, Dionysus brought him to heaven. According to the story, the relationship between Aphrodite and Hephaestus was only a favor from Zeus to get Hephaestus to free Hera. Like, the only way he would do it is if he could uh, either marry Athena or Aphrodite. And Athena said no. And, well, didn't turn out too well for Aphrodite. But next up is Hercules. Or, well, his Greek name was Heracles. And doing an episode on the 12 labors of Hercules would be a labor in itself. So this is just going to be the origin story. Again, Heracles was his Greek name. or The Romans called him Hercules. But Heracles literally translates to the glory of Hera. Hercules is the result of a technically one-night stand between Zeus and Alcmene, the granddaughter of Perseus. I say technically because, well... Zeus asked Apollo or Helios not to make the sun rise for three days, whichever one was controlling the sun at the time. Point being, it was night for about 72 hours. So, technically a one-night stand because there's no daytime in the middle. But, you know, Zeus disguised himself as Alcmene's husband, Amphitron, and they slept together because Amphitron had been at war. And Zeus does not understand full consent. After Zeus leaves, the real Amphitron comes home from war, earlier than expected, and also sleeps with Alcmene. This back-to-back encounter resulted in Hercules having a half-brother-slash-twin, Iphicles. This is apparently a real phenomenon. It's called heteropaternal superfecundation, where twins can have separate fathers or the same father but from different encounters. It's rare, but it does happen. But Hera was mad about this, as she has a right to be. I would be too, because that's coercion. And so she made a plan. And that plan was the following. She made Zeus promise that the next boy born to Perseus's family would become a high king. Zeus agreed. The only other pregnant couple that is relevant to this story were Sthalanus and Nikippi. Sthalanus was Perseus' son and Alcmene's uncle. But Nikippi was pregnant way after Alcmene was, so it was reasonable for Zeus to think that his child with Alcmene would uh, be the one to become the high king. And so that's what he assumed, and so he agreed. So, the night that Alcmene went into labor, Hera got Aletheia, the goddess of childbirth and midwifery, to delay the labor uh, by tying her clothing in knots. I'm pretty sure it's Aletheia's clothing, but maybe it's Alcmene's. Either way, Heracles and Iphicles were trapped in the womb. Meanwhile, Hera went to Nikippi and hurried up the pregnancy. Well, less hurried up and more just caused Nikippi to go into premature labor, and her son Eurystheus was born premature. And, well, the twins were born a few hours later, and Eurystheus was the high king, and neither Heracles nor Iphicles. Hercules wound up doing the twelve labors for Eurystheus, but eventually got on Hera's good side and married Hebe, Hera's daughter. Again, the twelve labors could be a whole episode within themselves, but that's not what we're talking about today. Now for a quick fire round of the times women were transfigured because of Hera. First was Callisto. 
Callisto was a companion of Artemis, and because of that, swore to remain unwed, and presumably a virgin. She was raped by Zeus, and either Zeus, Hera, or Artemis turned her into a bear. If it was Zeus, he transformed her for her own protection. If it was Hera or Artemis, it was to punish Callisto for breaking the vow of chastity. Even though, again, the encounter was not consensual. While out on a hunt one day, Artemis saw Callisto in bare form and didn't recognize her. So Artemis shot Callisto and killed her. Callisto is now the constellation Ursa Major. Next is Lamia. She was possibly a Libyan princess, maybe a queen, part of the royal family in some context. And Zeus had relations with her because he can't keep his underpants on. As per usual, Hera was mad and stole Lamia's children. She began to look for them, as a parent would do, and was worried sick and kept looking and looking and looking. And Hera made it so she could not sleep. So even in her quest, she could not rest and forced her, forced Lamia to keep her eyes open all of the time. Out of pity, Zeus made it so Lamia could take out her own eyeballs to get some sort of relief. But she's still going around looking for children to eat and possibly for men to seduce, depending on the retelling. But looking out for her children is a constant theme. It gets very similar to La Llorona in that way. There's also a class of creatures called Lamiae, which are in the category of seductive vampires. But last is Io, the first priestess of Hera. Zeus acted like Zeus does. To protect Io from Hera, Zeus turned her into a white heifer, which is, I think, a kind of cow. Hera sent a gadfly to pester Io, who went all over the world trying to get away from it. She eventually crossed the Ionian Sea, named for her, and swam the street that is now called the Oxford Street better known as the Bosphorus. Io reached Egypt, where she was finally returned to human form. There, she gave birth to her son Epaphus, who was eventually a Greek king of Egypt. If you would like to support the show, join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash dreary midnights you'll get bonus episodes and a postcard club at the higher levels and if you want to follow the show on socials instagram.com slash dreary midnight pod if you want to send in your own story or send in an episode suggestion dreary midnight podcast at gmail.com and please rate review and subscribe anywhere you listen that is the best way to reach new listeners and hopefully grow more in the new year links for everything will be in the description along with all of the sources for today's episode so with all that said stay away from zeus if only because hera will hurt you by proxy and save travels home on this dreary midnight good night